Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Just finishing our conversation and answering Mark's question and comments about Drew Brees downfield and his late season decline. Well, Drew Brees, this is according to Pro Football Focus, was the fifth most accurate, as far as accuracy goes, passer on throws 20-plus yards downfield at 48.9%. Derek Carr was first, Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield, Patrick Mahomes with Brees inside the top five. On passes 10 to 19 yards, Drew Brees well in front of the pack, 65.1%. He was second as far as accuracy in the zero to nine yard range. I'm not discounting the late season decline. There are, I think, are many reasons for that. The health of the offensive line, the lack of options at receiver and teams and defensive coordinators starting to figure that out a little bit. But I, even though I opened the show talking about Drew Brees' arm strength, which I think is fair game, when you see multiple throws that are underthrown downfield, the reason I said I'm not worried about it, I'm not the chicken little sky is falling, is because, well, the proof's in the pudding last year. I mean, when, when you're the highest-rated quarterback in the NFL on throws 20-plus yards downfield, that's also that's just a fact. That's a stat. Now, it didn't have the volume there. I think he threw less at that range than any other quarterback in the league, according to next-gen stats from the NFL. But still, there's two sides to every coin, right? Let's go to Bill in Slide L. Bill, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing this evening? I'm good. Hey, we're going to have a little fun tonight. You know, they everybody talk about Drew declining and whatever, um, um, the arm strength and all that. Uh, that's all right. We, we were auditioning a new quarterback in Canada the last few days anyway, weren't we? My main comment is going to be about the defensive line. Okay. So my question is, so the fun they were having with Zion, with the basketball and the football and all sure. this other stuff on tomorrow night, I don't recall them doing the stuff like that with AD and everything in the past. I may be wrong, but I don't know. But they were having fun, and it was hilarious to see. But my main comment is the defensive line, um, with um, you know, with Anyamata being out the one game and uh, Sheldon going to be out pretty much most of the season. I, I think we are going to struggle a little bit, but because of the fact that we've been better the last few years and we're going to be good this year in the secondary, very good, the linebackers, I, I think I think we'll be all right and everything. So I'll hang up and listen to your comments on that. But I, I just wanted to have fun with the Zion bit. That was hilarious. <laughs> no, it was. <laughs> yeah, I saw that throw too, Bill. I say just to answer your Zion question really quick. I think if Anthony Davis had been drafted when Gail Benson owned this team and David Griffin and Trajan Langdon and Swin Cash and uh, everybody was and Aaron Nelson, the trainer, were all here, I think you'd have seen a different career arc, and they would have promoted him a lot more. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Although Anthony Davis now trying to go on this, I guess, public relations repair tour this summer. And I think it's got most people here in the city doing what I just did, chuckling a little bit. And defensive line, well, we'll see. It's my biggest concern on this team, even bigger than wide receiver depth or running back depth. I tell you, if Marcus Davenport doesn't have that 8-10-plus to 10 plus sack season, I've said it before, I don't think this is a Super Bowl team. That may seem like a lot of pressure on a second-year guy, but I just I, I look and I go, where is the pass rush going to come from if, if teams can slide their protection Cam Jordan's way? 
That's why Davenport has to be what everybody inside that organization and most people here in the media have told me the last two years, a star in the making. We'll see. Let's ask uh, my buddy about it, Steve Court, former Saints offensive lineman and uh, my co-host on Fans First Take on Saints Game Day. Steve, oh, what's going on, man? Good evening, Seth. How you doing, buddy? Look, look, I am good. And you know how it goes. First week of camp, you're kind of getting into the swing of things, even though you're just covering it, right? So it's uh, we're all a little worn out. Yeah. Yeah, we're all a little worn well, out. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a uh, <laughs> first four or five days of that. Uh, if you can get over that, you're, uh, you're in good shape. It's downhill and shady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how, how much would you love not to have those two-a-days and do what these guys are doing, right? These guys are soft. That's what you're going to tell me, right? These guys, these guys are soft now. No, I'm not that guy. I'm not that sort of, <laughs> you know, get off my grass, you know, kind of guy. But but I I will tell you that I think that um, I would have loved to hear that. I heard that Deuce said something the other day that shocked me. He said they have what they call it a vet's day off now. And I said, a what? Yeah. He said a vet's day off. I said, what is that and how do you get it? You know, <laughs> I think it was – he said it's a new term thing. He laughed and and I said that if I would have heard that I would have done some kind of a break dance or a cheetah flip or something. You know, if, uh, if I, I've got the best day off, if that was some, something that was sort of mandatory that uh, veteran players had to do. But, what, what's uh, a they, cheetah they, flip? They're, they're, they're that, that's a new term. Don't you remember? Do you remember uh, the old Tarzan uh, show? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So with the, the little yeah. flip there. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, and uh, you remember uh, Cheetah, right? This yeah. chimpanzee, right? Yep, yep, yep. Well, and Cheetah used to do a little flip when he. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's a cheetah flip. <laughs> I would have paid money to see you do a cheetah flip, Steve. I would have. Yeah, that's uh, it's probably out of the question, but um, I probably would have been so happy. I probably could have pulled it off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's like let's talk about the defensive line. You, you heard the question there. Um, is this an area where? You've seen enough where you're comfortable. Are you concerned? Is it to be determined? What do you think? A little bit of both. I mean, uh, I think you always have to, um, you know, Rankins is really starting to come into his own, really becoming a good player and everybody's sort of an elite guy in the interior. And then, you know, uh, he obviously got that injury and you don't know how he's going to come back. And and, uh, and if he does and, and, you know, begins to take off, it's still going to take him a while to get back into that kind of, you know, fighting conditioned before he's able to to sort of uh, replicate some of the play that he, you know, that we've seen him and, and what he's capable of. But, you know, look, Malcolm Brown, I thought that was maybe the best acquisition that we've had this year, other than Jared Cook, that it, uh, to me is going to make the biggest difference. Uh, I've watched him over the years, you know, when he was fed Patriots. Uh, a guy gets great pressure, you know, from the interior. So, look, to me, the pass rush is all about that crush in that pocket. I mean, you can talk about the guys on the end that get the sacks, but the guys up the middle that crush that pocket and, and sort of get that to spill out on either side uh, of that pocket. Um, and that's where, you know, your Cam Jordans come in and then Davenport and guys like that. And if they step up, obviously meaning Davenport um, and they play to the level we think we can play at, or think that he's going to be, I guess, developing into that kind of player. Um, I expect big things out of that. Is is Davenport as important as I kind of made him out to be there? Where I just, if he's not a full go this entire season and develops into the guy that everybody thinks he can be, that this team might struggle defensively. Well, it's certainly going to, uh, you know, those guys aren't aren't incumbent upon um, doing it all by themselves, and 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 the defensive front, there's more rotation that goes on there than any other place on the football field. So, 
there's a number of guys that we can get in there, and they, we just have to make sure that we find a good combination. I know there's some guys uh, that are, that have sort of come up in that area, Beagle, and 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 uh, I can't think of the other guy's name off the top of my head, but um, these guys are sort of are guys that that you can spot play, and you never can tell again, uh, you know, what the ramifications are going to be from the interior. Because if the interior does their job, and that means David Onyemata, and that means, you know, Malcolm Brown, and that means um, – Yeah, Stallworth. Uh, I think Stallworth, Stallworth is there. And, yeah. yeah, those guys. I, I think those guys, when they do the, a good job of crushing that pocket, um, that in and of itself is going to make or break our pass rush. I think the better, better teams that you'll notice uh, have that ability to sort of stuff up that middle and, and jam that, that pocket from the inside out. And when they do that, um, I think your your teams, uh, it pays off in sacks and certainly uh, pressures. We're talking to Steve Quartz, former yeah. Saints offensive lineman on Twitter at Saints60. The defense have been winning all these practices and I think pretty handily winning all these practices. Does that really get under an offense's skin? And when they come back from this one day off, they're going to be extra amped well, up to try can, to get out there? You can, you can, you can lose the shirt, but, but not only does it get under your skin, but, but the coaches use that as a motivational factor. Because you know, when they watch it on film and they and they use that and they just um, it, it goes on and on and on. You think when is this when is this film going to stop? <laughs> you know, this is like um, okay, they had a good day against us, and, and what are we going to do to get rid of it and, and rectify it? Well, the only thing you can do, and that's come back to next practice. So you'll see that the next padded practice on Thursday, I'm assuming, um, will be one that will be a little spirited. And I'm imagining it'll be because um, the offensive line is pretty sick and tired of hearing how, you know, they got their butt handed to them, you know, <laughs> on Tuesday. So, um, but that that that's good because that's the way people get better. Um, and at the same time, that's when you start to see some of the younger players um, kind of show their colors. Are, they, are these guys going to be able to, uh, you know, sort of, you know, answer when that when it comes at that time. So it, it should be it should be it should be a spirited deal. And I think that yeah, you're really sick and tired of hearing about it. But like I said, at the same time, look, this time of the year is no um, defense should be ahead of the offense. Um, it's just by nature they're always a little bit uh, more advanced uh, at this time of the year because it takes more timing and more. Um, you know the 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 plays and things offensively have to come together, culmination wise, of eleven pieces coming together. Whereas a lot of times defensively, um, you know, you can have a guy that can make a play, and the other guys, you know, are not particularly doing good that play. But you have one guy that makes a play, and, and the defense looks good. So, yeah, we've referenced we've referenced offensive line here. I, I'm so curious to watch this, I guess, camp battle play out, Steve, because. There's so many interior offensive linemen fighting for jobs. Are you concerned about at all the depth on the outside, the tackle spots? Because I guess there's Michael Ola, but it's not like Marshall Newhouse or Cameron Tom or um, or Nick Easton are going to be swinging outside a lot. So they have all these guys on the interior that can rotate multiple spots, but really maybe Ola, and that's about it on the outside. Yeah, it's, it seems to me that like that has always become uh, in the last several couple of years anyway. That sort of have been our um, I don't want to say our weakness, but I, I want to say maybe our uh, uh, least area of, of depth of quality depth. And so yeah, Michael Ola would be the guy that, that I think at this juncture would, would, would swing into that. But 
um, there's going to be have to have to be another tackler so that that we feel comfortable with um, you know going into this and it'll it'll matriculate itself through these next four games as to who that's going to be but um, you know obviously Ryan Ramchek and 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 over at the right side is as solid as it could be and then Toronto is as solid as it can be but it's also as solid only as solid as as the um, as his, you know, as his physical condition will allow, you know, from the standpoint of injury. So, um, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't been able to sort of really play a full season yet. We really don't know. And I understand just from today that he's gotten a little bit banged up already. So yep. that is a, a, that's a concern. It always is a concern. So that, <laughs> until I see more, um, I guess consistency in that in that in that part. I've always sort of got my fingers crossed each and every week. Yeah, I know I'm with you, and this is why I, you're the perfect person to ask this. Like you're kind of making these cuts, and, and you know the Saints will take eight max guys on the 53 offensive lineman. If we think that Eric McCoy and Nick Easton and probably Cameron Tom are all on this roster, that means maybe one other spot. I mean, just by default, I guess that's Ola. That means like Will Claps. Probably getting uh, picked up on waivers somewhere. I mean, I don't. How do they? How do? How would you make these cuts yeah. down, Steve? I <laughs> again, I don't. It's gonna. It, 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 tell me. I'll tell you this right now for sure. I know this for a fact that the iteration that you see right now with this offensive line um, will be different from what we see week one. <laughs> and you know, all, all I'm talking about not all eight now. Not just thirty-five. I'm talking about all eight. Sure. And I'm assuming that the starting five are going to be the starting five that we assume they're going to be the starting five of, of what we expect. But that those next three guys that are going to provide our depth throughout the season, um, be, at least at this juncture, is a pretty fluid, a pretty fluid situation. Uh, finally, Steve, before we let you go, at the top of the show, and I know Sports Talk Bobby Aber talked about this a lot. We're just pointing it out. I'm not the doom and gloom guy at all with this, but. Drew Brees mm-hmm. multiple times today under through receivers. I mean, he was upset at himself. I think it happened uh, two, three times uh, at practice when he had guys that you know would have been scoring sixty plus yard touchdowns because they got by the defense. He underthrew him every time. Uh, any concern from you about Drew's you know the arm strength, the decline that's going to happen to everybody? You know, once you get past forty. Well, yes and and no, and and the, and I don't mean to be evasive here, but I think the, the way you have to look at that is twofold. Uh, first of all, okay, the offensive line is 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 getting their butt handed to them that day. Okay, so there's 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 pressure that even though it's not, um, you know, this huge uh, jailbreak type pressure, there's enough pressure to take him off his timing. And at this juncture, um, as good as Drew is, uh, he needs practice on timing too. He's throwing in new guys. He's throwing new routes to new guys. And so there's different things that. Um, that come into play here. So things are not in sync yet. And, and until that, until they kind of get that thing cleared up up front, that first and foremost, he's got to be clean. You know, he can't be throwing from, you know, uh, you know, tiptoeing and looking over top of people and kind of having to move from side to side and scramble all around and do those types of things. We got to be able to get him, you know, to where he's clean and, and he has a good, um, a vision and a good sight of where, where he's going and what he knows is, is good, where his receivers are going to be. And I think that he knows that, but at the same time, um, you know, when you get that pressure that comes up the middle and, and, and guys are going to be quick, 
um, that lends itself to some problems, and it makes all kind of quarterbacks look pretty pedestrian. I don't, I don't think it's a problem at this juncture. I just think it's still too early in camp, uh, and I'm sure they'll get it rectified. Steve Court and I, uh, well, we got, what, a week and, and three days, Steve, next Friday, you and I yeah. on the air at 3 o'clock, and we are. We actually do kick off our, our season coverage on game day because we're the first show, 3 o'clock fan first take, man. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We're uh, 10 days from now. We're, we're live. Yeah, I can't wait. We'll see you then, man. Right on. I'll see you then, buddy. All right, Steve Court, there he goes, former Saints offensive lineman, and, yeah, him and I on fans first take next friday at three o'clock our pregame coverage starts vikings at the saints in the superdome first preseason game you got a question or comment on saints practice or anything around the saints drew Brees? give us a call 504-260-1870 and that text line 870-870 i'm seth dunlap the last lap rolls on wwl this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.